Hey, shalom lekulam. Uh, shalom to all of you. This is uh, Brother Gideon Levitam uh, uh, presenting before you what we have here before us, the Messiah uh, in the Passover, uh, which uh, I would like to share with you uh, and to kind of present before us all as believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, to present before us the um, Passover that was given to our forefathers, uh, the people of Israel, some 3,500 years ago, and to present before you the way that it is more or less celebrated today uh, in this year. And as you at home, and as you uh, um, now we are all finding ourselves in our various homes because of the virus, the coronavirus, it is existing uh, today, and every family is really a part in their own home, even uh, uh, not the whole family, some uh, elderly are in their own home. So I would like to kind of present before you all the Messiah, the Mashiach, uh, and Pesach, the uh, Passover that was given to the nation of Israel, to our own father, uh, forefather, some 3,500 years ago. Now, I have the Bible with me, uh, the Word of God, and I would like us to see how initially it was given to Israel some 3,500 years ago, be, when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, uh, and how traditionally it, it had been evolved over the years, and also to see, to show us that the Yeshua, our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is easily can be seen as we uh, um, uh, gather together to uh, uh, to celebrate uh, the Feast of Pesach. I would like to begin by reading the passage that we all know. It is found in Exodus uh, chapter 12. And this passage is very interesting because uh, this is exactly how it was originated, given to our forefathers some 3,500 years ago. And so listen to this. Listen to these beloved friends as I'm reading. Exodus chapter 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year unto you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roasted with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat it not, eat not of it raw, no sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head, with his legs, with his pertinence, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loin girded, with your shoes on your feet, and with the staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Pesach, the Lord's Passover. And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, 
And I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And I'm stopping here for a moment with the reading. I read Exodus chapter 12, uh, verses 1 to 13. Now, beloved friends, as we look at what we have here on this table, we can see that over the generation, our forefathers, the people of Israel, have developed many traditions, many customs that have evolved over the generation, as Israel sought to find out how do we keep Pesach, Passover. But one thing it is important to realize, that even though there are many things that have been, you might say, added to the Passover seder, order of service. Yet, beloved friend, the origin of the God-giving feast, Moed in Hebrew, the God-giving feast was given to the children of Israel to keep throughout their generation. And Israel was commanded to keep this feast of Pesach throughout their all generation. Notice what it says a little bit later on in Exodus chapter 12, and ye shall observe this thing, this is verse 24, for an ordinance to thee and to thy son forever. And it is interesting because God have intended his people of Israel to remember what happened to the nation when the Hebrews were slaves in the land of Egypt and they were brought out of the land of Egypt through the blood of the Lamb. What a lesson it is for us uh, to learn uh, today. And I would like to link this a little bit later on with none else but with the promised Messiah of Israel, Yeshua, Jesus, of whom we read in the Brit HaChadasha, in the New Testament, the New Covenant, who came in the fullness of time and became for us today the Passover Lamb. And so I would like to begin by pointing to a few important points in the Feast of Pesach. First of all, I want you to notice that the word Chag, or the word feast, it is much more than just a mere celebration. It is a Moed. It is an appointed season. God clearly said, as I read in Exodus chapter 12, this month shall be unto you the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year unto you, God said to our forefathers, the Hebrews, some 3,500 years ago. In other words, he gave them a month which is called the month of Nisan elsewhere. This is the first, the beginning of the year cycle, the biblical, the religious, you might say, the biblical year cycle for the nation of Israel. And why? Simply because our forefathers, the Jews, the Hebrews, the Israelis, they were taken out of Egypt. They were delivered out of bondage. They were brought from slavery to liberty, to freedom. And it was happening, or it happened on the basis of the shed blood of the Lamb. And so you notice that it gives us, Scripture gives us, the importance of keeping this on the first month of the of the yearly cycle, the the biblical yearly cycle. This is the month of Nisan. 
And you notice what he continued to instruct Moshe and Moses to tell to the people of Israel, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day, notice, of this month shall they take them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. You notice what? Now God is instructing Israel to take a lamb on the tenth day of the month of Nisan, the first month that will be for Israel, for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel. And every one of the families of the nation of Israel is responsible to take a lamb. And this lamb will become for them the way of escape out of the judgment that God was ready to to place upon the land of Egypt. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, look how beautiful we learn here from this passage, because it says here that uh, the land will be according to the house of their fathers, a land for a house. Every family had to take a land. They went to the back uh, portion of their homes, uh, whichever way they lived in those days, they've taken a lamb, everyone, and they had to make sure that this lamb is ready for to become for them the Passover lamb. The Bible tells us, the Hebrew scripture tells us in Exodus chapter 12, uh, in verse 5, and I love this passage, and I would like you to get a hold of it, beloved friend. It says, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Notice that God was so clear when he gave the instructions to our forefathers. They couldn't take any lamb they wanted. The land that they are going to take and to preserve it in order to ultimately kill it, that land had to have these four qualifications. Number one, without blemish. No broken bones. No damage to the land. Number two, it was to be a male in contrast to a female. Number three, it was to be one year old. In other words, young male lamb. And of course, notice the the fourth requirement. It was to be one of the sheep or for the goats of the nation of Israel. In other words, it was not to take him from any place else. It was that lamb was to be part, you might say, of the flock that belong to the people of Israel who in these days lived in the land of Egypt. Now this to me is very fascinating because it really so vividly shows us that the holy God of Israel demanded that the animal that will be killed soon to become the Pesach, the Pasach, the Passover lamb, could not be a lamb that had any damage or any uh, broken bones. He must be a perfect, you might say, a perfect lamb. And also it must be a male in contrast to a female. And it must be a young lamb in contrast to an old lamb. And one that belonged to the nation of Israel. Of course, those of us who are believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, know very well that this lamb that Israel of old, our forefathers, had to bring to the uh, uh, before the Lord uh, in order to kill it, to become the Passover lamb, is speaking to us so vividly about Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who in the fullness of time came as a lamb to be slaughtered on behalf of our nation and the nations of the world. You remember what Isaiah, our forefather, uh, the prophet Isaiah, who said to, our, to, the, to the nation of Israel, speaking about the Messiah, in Isaiah chapter 53, as a lamb he was led to the slaughter. 
We read in verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. We read of the promised Mashiach that will come, and we can see clearly that the lesson in Exodus chapter 12 and in the Feast of Pesach is clearly speak to us about the future Messiah that for us today, who already come, and his name is Yeshua, Jesus. John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. The Messiah Yeshua came in order to remove sin from this world and become the Redeemer, the Savior for anyone who will believe on him, both Jewish and Gentile, and become part of the assembly of the Ecclesia uh, today of the people of God. So it is so important to see that, that he sees so clearly he's speaking to us about the coming Messiah. But, beloved brothers and sisters, these were clear instructions. Israel, as I mentioned in the, in the verses later on, they could not change their mind on keeping that feast. They had to keep that feast as they were instructed by the Lord to keep it as a, you might say, as an institution forever because that feast of Pesach will always bring before the Lord the work that the Messiah would fulfill in the fullness of time. We read, and I'm repeating once again, verse 24 of uh, uh, Exodus chapter 12. Ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons, people of Israel, forever, throughout the generation. Now we're going to continue with this in a moment. But as we move along, I would like to point to a few things here that I have here on the table. I would like to remind you that 3,500 years have passed by. We live today in a, in a time that we are just shortly, within a few days, on the 8th of the month of April, uh, the uh, 2020, the Feast of Pesach, will be celebrated by our people of Israel, whether it is in the land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, or whether it is throughout the Jewish communities all over the world. And even believers in Yeshua the Messiah will look at this and will be reminded that all that we have here before us only point to the person of the Messiah. But as you notice here on the table, there are many emblems that we have here on the table that over the generation have been added by our people, by the rabbis, the spiritual leaders of Israel, in order to keep the Passover and to look at all these emblems which remind us of the many, many lessons uh, that uh, it points to in the history of the people. Now, there are many traditions. You have the Ashkenazim, you have the Sfaradim, you have the Temanim, you have the various groups of Jewish people uh, uh, throughout the world, and each one of them celebrated somewhat different with some different tradition. But the main emblems that you see before you today are emblems that in general found in every uh, Jewish home during the uh, Feast of uh, Pesach. Now, first of all, I want you to notice that in order to begin the Feast of Passover, you couldn't begin the Feast of Passover unless the house has no leaven whatsoever in it. I want to remind you that God calls it in Scripture also the unleavened bread. I didn't read further in Exodus chapter 12, but in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, we read, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread, 
From the first day until the seventh day, that soul should be cut off from off uh, be cut off from Israel. In other words, that was a serious business. You couldn't just keep Pesach and having bread in your home, having cookies in your home, having all sort of uh, 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 cereal in your home, because the house had to be completely cleansed from any form of living. And so, there are many customs that have been evolved over the years. One of the customs is that the that the leaven will be cleansed, removed from the house by the wife, by the mother, by the wife, and that she will clean the whole house. And she will put the leaven out of the house, but because the leader, the head of the house, is the one that will lead the family, he's responsible to declare the house clean. So he will come at that evening before the 14th day of the month, uh, he will come into the house and some homes, every, every various tradition, he will take some, every tradition is different. He will take a spoon and a feather and he will search throughout the house if there is any leaven because he must declare that there is no leaven in the home. God said, and as I just mentioned this here in uh, Exodus 12 and verse uh, 15, you shall put away leaven out of your houses. It's not even but. It is a command that was given to the Lord. Literal, physical, literal leaven had to be removed. But we know very well that leaven also speaks of sin. And God's people are to remove sin out of their lives because if they are to keep that special day of redemption as a memorial uh, to give thanks to God who delivered them, who redeemed them, they must have sin out of their life. We must seek to live a life that is pleasing uh, to the Lord. But here you go, beloved brothers and sisters, he will come, he will find somewhere, some leaven, and he will put it, he will carefully take that leaven, he will put it on this spoon, and then he will take a napkin, and he will put the leaven in the napkin, and then he will take this napkin, because it has leaven, he carefully has to, pour, not to let the leaven be uh, 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 come out of this napkin, and he will go to the back of the home, in, in our homes in Jerusalem or elsewhere in the world, this fire is there and leaven must be burned, and he will throw the leaven into that fire, so he remove completely leaven out of the house. He will come back to the house and he will declare the house clean and ready for the celebration of the Pesach. Now this is very important by application. Uh, if, if believers in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah can enjoy fellowship with the Lord and enjoy a uh, the fact that we were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, uh, the believers in the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, also must remove sin from their lives in order to give uh, uh, God the honor and the glory that He deserved. Now, secondly, I would like to point uh, that after we have this, the B'dikat Chametz, the search for the leaven, the second thing that happened here and that I would like to mention is you notice that I have right here uh, before me the Haggadah. This is a booklet or a book that we call in Hebrew the Haggadah. And the Haggadah has an order of service. From the beginning, we read, of course, in Hebrew from right uh, to, to left. And from the beginning all the way to the end, it is the story of all the redemption that was provided uh, 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 by God for our forefathers, for the people of Israel. Now, of course, there are many other things that have been added to the story, to the uh, Haggadah, to the telling of the story, of the story that, that Israel have enjoyed to, the, to be delivered out of Egypt. But many things have been added, and you can see, and I'm going to point them to you in a moment as we are uh, continue on with the presentation of the Messiah in the Passover. It is the responsibility of the woman of the house 
to light the candles. You know that I have candles before me. I will not light them now. But the woman of the house will light the candles, and that is vividly remind us of the days of old. You remember in the tabernacle and in the temple, there was the menorah, the, the lampstand. And the light that was there in the holy place, in the tabernacle, is reminding us that God is the light of this world. And that God's law and God's word is a light for his own people. Yeah, the book of Psalms, and I'm going to just read a verse in Psalm 119, just for us all. And remember what the psalmist of Israel said in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the scripture, we often find the light and the candles in Jewish history represent uh, the fact that God is light and in, in him there is no darkness at all. So it is usually the woman of the house will pray and she will say, Blessed art thou, Lord our God, King of the universe. And then she used the expression, Shechianu vekimanu vegianu lazman haze. That have caused us to sustain us and enable us to come for this special occasion, lazman haze, to celebrate the feast of a Passover. So this is the third thing that I would like to point before you, beloved friend. The first one is the search for the leaven. The second one is the Haggadah, the telling of the story. The third one is, of course, the candles, which uh, will begin, uh, will begin the, you might say, the new day, the new day that began at evening the celebration and the keeping of the feast, the moed of the feast of Passover. Now, fourthly, you notice that I have on this table uh, four cups. These four cups uh, uh, are being uh, uh, presented for, uh, before you today, but in the during the feast of Passover, we drink out of four cups of wine. Now, I'm just going to put a little bit of this grape juice here, and uh, the reason that we uh, drink out of four glasses of wine, or four cups of wine, is because tradition, again, there is many traditions that have been evolved over the generation. It is simply because in Exodus chapter 6, we have the promises of God to Israel that he will bring them out but he will also bring our forefathers into the promised land. You remember in Exodus chapter 6, he said, uh, we read, I will bring you out of under the burdens of the Egyptians. Then secondly, I will rid you out of their bondage. I will deliver you. Thirdly, I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with a great judgment. And fourthly, God said to Israel, and I will take you to be or to me for a people. And God said that I will be to you a God. And so because of these four, uh, you might say promises, I will, I will, I will, I will, over the generation, there is evolved, you might say, the need to, or the tradition, uh, to drink out of four cups at uh, the Passover Seder. It is very interesting, because in light of these four I wills, we also have names to those four cups. The first cup is called the Kiddush, and that's why I put a little bit of grape juice here. Uh, and the head of the house will begin, actually, the whole Passover. The Passover Seder, the Passover order that is written in this book, in the Haggadah, the whole Passover Seder will begin with the Kiddush. 
ברוך אתה ה' אלוהינו מלך העולם, בורא פרי הגפן, blessed are thou Lord our God, king of the universe, who bring forth the vine out of the, fruit, the, wine, the, vine out of the earth. In other words, he is the creator of the fruit of the vine. And though everyone will begin by drinking out of this cup. And because there are four cups of them, that's called the cup of Kiddush. This is, in other words, the cup of sanctification. Then secondly, there is a second cup, and it's called the cup of plagues. This cup, out of this cup, there will be poured out ten times a portion of the wine to remind Israel of the ten plagues that fell upon the people of Egypt. And though Israel were not happy that the plague fell upon the Egyptians, yet it serves to remind Israel that God delivered them, as it says here, I will rid you out of their bondage. And God rid Israel out of bondage by putting these ten plagues upon the land of Egypt. Now, thirdly, the third cup is called the cup of redemption. And this is very interesting because it's called the cup of Yeshuaot, or Yeshua, it's come from the name Yeshua, Jesus, and you shall call his name Yeshua, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. This is very interesting. It is the third cup out of which the uh, uh, the people of Israel was to, were to drink from, and it's called the cup of Yeshuot, the cup of redemption that remind the people of Israel of the blood that was shed by this uh, 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 innocent lamb uh, that was without uh, blemish. And of course, fourthly, we have the fourth cup, and it is called the cup of Hallel, or the cup of Hallelujah, praise ye the Lord, in which the people of Israel will praise the Lord, because the Lord said to them, And I will take you for me to be a people, and I will be to you a God. That's why you praise God, because God have elected them, and he made Israel, a nation that belonged to him, and he may, he himself said, I will be to you a God. And that is a cause for Israel uh, to uh, be thankful and to sing the hallelujah song or the hallel, which represented by the four cups. So there are four cups of wine which are drank throughout the whole Seder, the Feast of Passover. Now, of course, uh, 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 some will not drink a whole cup, just a sip, four sips, but it is to represent the four promises that God had given to Israel in Exodus chapter 6 and verses 6 and 7. You will notice also on my uh, side here that there is a fifth cup, and that is called the cup of Eliyahu, Anavi, Elijah the prophet. And why? Why there is a cup in which uh, uh, in every home this cup is being kept, kept for Elijah. Why? Because, and I'm going to read you the verse from uh, the last portion of the Tanakh of the Old Testament. The prophet Malachi, Malachi said, through by the word of the Lord. Uh, Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The word for curse is cherem. In fact, God was promising that he will send Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, and that every Jewish home is uh, leaving a cup and some plate as well for Elijah the prophet, seeking to invite him to come and to keep the Passover, the celebration of Pesach, and to introduce, you might say, the Messianic kingdom, the promise that was given to the nation of Israel by God that one day Elijah, Eliyahu Hanavi, will come and he will introduce the Messiah to Israel. 
And Israel as a nation will accept the Messiah. And there will be a joy and a celebration for the nation of Israel, but not only for Israel, for all the nations of the world, when Israel, the nation, will accept the Messiah and going to say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is so beautiful, beloved friend, to look at this and to understand what we are pointing here with the cups that are before us. I just wanted to remind you also, those of us who are believers in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, that the Lord Yeshua the Messiah kept the feast of Passover when he was here on earth. And that he kept it just as it was given uh, 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 with all the various additional, you might say, emblems that were placed on the table to remind you that in Exodus chapter 12, there was no wine, there is no cup of wine at all. While in the Gospels of Luke, we find out the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, participating in drinking out of two cups, uh, uh, one of them before the Passover uh, meal and the other one after. I'm just going to uh, read this uh, for us all. Uh, Luke chapter 22 and verse 14, we read, and when the hour was come, he, this is Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup. And you notice, he took the cup. And we read here, and he gave thanks, and he said, Take this, and divide it among yourself, for I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And then you notice there is a break here, because immediately after he took this first cup, then he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and I'm going to talk about the matzah in a moment, the unleavened bread. And he break it, and he gave to them, and he said, This is my body which is given to you, this do in remembrance of me. And there we read, Likewise, also the cup after supper, and this is the third cup that called the cup of redemption, and this third cup is the cup that the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua the Messiah took, and it is called the cup of redemption. He took the cup after supper, as we read here in this uh, verse 20 of Luke chapter 22. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And so, out of the Pesach, out of the feast of Pesach, Passover, he introduced what is known today, the remembrance meeting, in which he is now saying, this is the cup of the Brit HaChadasha, the new covenant which is in my blood. The Messiah, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, was anticipating his death to become the Lamb of God, where he will introduce the new covenant, the Brit HaChadasha, upon which everyone that will believe on him shall be delivered out of judgment that we deserve because of our sin and sins. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, you notice that while there was no cups, no wine in Exodus chapter 12, which we read, and I want you to notice that in Exodus chapter 12, we read there in verse, uh, uh, verse I'll read verse 8, it says, they shall eat the flesh, this is the flesh of the lamb, in that night roast with fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herb they shall eat it. No wine, no cups, no nothing whatsoever. It was added sometime before the Messiah was born by the uh, spiritual leaders of Israel to the Passover table, and it was a, a practice and participated by Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord and our Messiah, during the time that he himself have kept 
Chag Pesach, the Feast of Passover. Now next I would like to point is to the unleavened bread. We read about it in a moment, uh, earlier we read about it. We pointed out in Exodus chapter 12 that Israel was responsible to keep this feast of unleavened bread of Passover for seven days and eat no leaven whatsoever. And they were to put away out of the houses all manner of leaven. Well, in my hand, I have here a little pouch here. If you notice that, that's called in some, in the, in the Yiddish, you might say, matzatosh. It is simply a pouch. Inside this pouch, if you will notice, there are three layers of unleavened bread. Three of them. And they are divided into three sections. At the top, you have a portion, a piece of unleavened bread. In the middle, you have a piece of unleavened bread. And also at the bottom, you have a piece of unleavened bread. Now, it is interesting that during the Passover, sometime during the meal, the head of the house will take the middle layer of the unleavened bread, not the top one and not the bottom one. He will take it out of this pouch. It's called the matzah tosh or the the divider. He will take the unleavened bread. You notice that it has stripes on it. And it has little holes. If you look at the light, you will see that it has a little hole. Some make a reference to the fact that the Messiah, by his stripe, we are healed. And the holes represent, they pierce my hands and my feet, that we read in Psalm uh, chapter 22. Uh, Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yes, the Psalm uh, uh, 22, where the, the, the psalmist of Israel said, they pierce my hand and my feet. And the head of the house will take this uh, unleavened bread and he will break it into two. He will lay one piece on on the table and the other piece, he will uh, uh, take it and will lay it aside and later on uh, it will be uh, eaten. But this one piece of unleavened bread, the... The, this piece will be taken, a name will be given to this unleavened bread. The name is in, a, in Greek, called Afikoman, which means he or that which will come later. And that unleavened bread, it's, it's amazing, beloved friend. It is placed in a napkin. It is covered completely. And then it is hidden. It, would, it will be put away in one of the uh, locations in the home, actually it will completely be hidden. No one will know where it is except the head of the house, the father, the mother who hid it. And later on, the children will have to search for this afikoman, he which will come later, or that which will come later. And later on, this one that will come later will be open. And then everyone will receive a piece of this afikoman. Later on, after the, the meal, at the end of the Passover Seder, they will take this, they, one of the children will find the afikoman, and they will receive a gift. And that afikoman will uh, be revealed uh, with that napkin. It will be revealed when the napkin is, uh, is being set aside. And the head of the house will bring, will take a piece of unleavened bread and each one will receive a portion of this unleavened bread. Now, this is very significant because uh, for believers in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah to understand the feast of Passover is very, very important. Because again, it's not only that it's 3,500 years old feast that was given to Israel, found in Exodus chapter 12. Secondly, the Lord himself, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, kept that feast himself. He ate unleavened bread. He ate, he drank from the cup. and I mean, he gave the cup to be given to be drunk by the disciples. But the interesting thing that we learn here, beloved friends, is that this is so beautifully, so vividly present before us the Messiah who would become the 
the, the one that was born into this world through the Virgin Miriam, that in the fullness of time he was sent by God to become the Redeemer, the Savior of sinners. Of course, the bread represents his body, which was given. His body, his pure, holy, sinless body was given when he died on the tree. The cup of redemption, his blood was shed when he laid down his life and he died uh, some 2,000 years ago on the tree. When he, we read in scripture that uh, uh, the blood of Yeshua the Messiah cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And we read in scripture, without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews chapter 9, Leviticus 17, 11, it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Well, if there will be redemption and salvation for sinners like us, Jewish agenda, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We must learn from these things to point us to the person of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, Pesach, Passover, to hover over the nation of Israel, represented the Messiah, Jesus, that died on the cross, on the tree, in order to save us, to forgive our sins. So whoever will believe on him shall receive a forgiveness of sins. Now, I just want to mention one more thing before we're going to go forward. As I mentioned, there are three layers. And the three unleavened bread are placed one on top of the other, separated. The head of the house will not take the top piece of unleavened bread. He will not take the bottom piece of unleavened bread, but he will take the middle one. And that middle one is the one that he broke into two, into two pieces. And one of them he placed in the, uh, in the napkin and he put it away. And later on at the end of the seder, the end of the, of the order of service, it will be out. And then everyone will receive a portion of the matzah, of the unleavened bread. This is very interesting because we ask often our own uh, spiritual leaders, why is it that there are three layers of unleavened bread? Three matzot. Why not one? Why three? And if three, why is it that it is not the top one or the bottom one that is taken out of this pouch, but it is the centerpiece? And so over the generation we hear, and again, there are traditions that have been evolved over the generation, beloved friend, most will tell us that these three of unleavened bread represent the priest, the Levite, and the people of Israel. Three, you might say, distinct groups which are among the nation of Israel. But of course, the question that you and I may ask, why is it that the head of the house take the middle one, the middle matzah, and break it? Why doesn't he take the top one or the bottom? There is no answer for that. Another thing that is often said, that this matzatosh, or this pouch, represent Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to represent the patriarchs, the fathers of our nation. And it may be beautiful illustration, but why is it that the top one is not taken out to be broken, or the bottom one is not taken out to be broken, but the middle one, why Isaac is being broken, or why the Levite, the Leviim is being broken, and not the uh, Abraham, or Yaakov, or the priest, or Israel. Why is it? Well, of course, beloved brothers and sisters, the answers has not uh, arrived, because these traditions that have evolved over the years are really symbolic and are very unique. And and for believers in Yeshua the Messiah to remind you that the early believers in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah some 2,000 years ago were, were Hebrew Christians, Messianic Jews who have accepted the Messiah. And they, perhaps over the generation, as keeping the customs of celebrating Pesach, 
which reminded them of the Messiah. It had been suggested that perhaps some have introduced these three unleavened bread, which symbolically represent Echad, one, unity, compound unity. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that one, this uh, unity of the Godhead uh, is being seen through the three layers of the unleavened bread. And it's not the Father, Abba. It's not Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. It is the Son that was killed, that died and shed his blood on the tree in order to provide redemption uh, for us. The scripture teaches us uh, so vividly in various passages of the unity of the Godhead. We have one single God. This one God exists and consists in three persons. Abba, Ben, Ruach, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it is the Son, God the Son, as men, who enter into this world through the Virgin Miriam in order to provide for us redemption when he died for us on the tree. So for us who are believers today, it is much clearer to understand that it represents the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who died, and then he was hid, he was buried, and then he rose again on the third day, and then God had been so satisfied with his work that he raised him and he took him to glory. And the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, is now seated at God's right hand as men awaiting the day uh, that uh, all those who will believe in him will be taken to heaven to glory, to be with him, the, the church, the assembly, the ecclesia but then also to restore the nation of Israel to himself, when Israel will say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is so precious, beloved brothers and sisters. It's not only the emblems to look at, but it is important for us to look at the uh, every one, every emblem that is on the table, on the table remind us of the deliverance of our forefathers out of uh, a bondage, and the deliverance of every believer out of sin and condemnation, because we have accepted the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Now, let me move along. That You will notice that on the Passover table, we also have a, a plate. This is called a seder plate. You notice there are six places to put something, some emblem to represent the deliverance out of the land of Egypt. And as you see this seder plate, salachat seder, the plate of seder that I present before you, you will notice right here in the front that we have these six-fold emblems that represent something about the deliverance out of the land of Egypt. Let me just point them to you for a moment. The first one that we have here is the karpas. This is parsley, and parsley really represents life. And when the Jewish people, when our forefathers, in Hebrew is petruzilia, it represents life. Usually, we take the parsley and we dip it in the salt water. You know that I have some water here, salt water. Why we dip it in the salt water? Because the salt water represents the tears that our forefathers shed while they were in slavery. Well, listen, beloved friend. Sin brings sorrow. Sorrow brings tears. The weeping and the crying and the sorrow that this world is experiencing remind us of what sin does. Sin brought judgment, brought sorrow into this world. But we all have sinned. And that's why we all often shed tears. So the parsley, representing, of course, here life, pitruzilia in Hebrew, dipped in a salt water, mei melach, represent the tears that our forefathers had shed while they were slaves. Then you notice there is a lettuce here, right here on this side. We have lettuce. <coughs> and lettuce come out of the ground. 
And it really represents the bitterness of life. Life is bitter. And that's why we will take from that and we will eat a portion of it as well, dip it also in the salt water, and represent the bitterness that we have in life. The, our forefathers, the Jewish people, lived bitterly in the land of Egypt. Then you notice that he also on the other side, we have this horseradish, it called the chazeret, bitter herb, the horseradish, and this chazeret is horseradish, which you know very well that if you'll take a spoon of it and you will eat of it, you will see that you will shed tears and it is sharp. And we are to take every Passover seder, the evening of the Passover, these bitter herbs to taste of it as we read in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 8, and they shall eat the flesh, this is the lamb, in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, matzah, and with bitter herbs. You notice that the bitter herb is to be eaten by the people of Israel, which remind us of the bitterness that have uh, that we have experienced in the in slavery in the land of Egypt. Then, very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, we have something that is called charoset here. And the charoset is really, it's a mixture of apples and honey and nuts. Every family does it differently. And contrary to the bitter that we have, uh, bitterness, this one is sweet. And you may ask, why do we eat this sweet uh, 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 um, apples with honey, which really is representing the, the bricks, the cement and the bricks that the children of Israel made in the land uh, of Egypt for the Egyptian to build the, the Pitom and Ramses, the cities and so on. These are now sweet because now we are being taught that the, with the promise of redemption, when we eat this, this sweetness, it sweeten our hearts as we are looking forward for a time of redemption. Then I want you also to notice that we have unexpectedly an egg on the Passover table. This egg called Chagiga, we call the name of it is Chagiga, and why it's called Chagiga? Because it reminds us of the celebration that the people of Israel used to enjoy when the sacrifices were accepted by God during the days in the tabernacle and later on in the temple in Yerushalayim. But those sacrifices are no longer offered on the altar because the temple had been destroyed on the 9th of Av in 586 BC, and our own people are now mourning the destruction of the temple. And of course, finally, and this is really the most important thing, is the shank bone of a lamb. This is the shank bone of a lamb. It reminds us of the Lamb of God that died for us, uh, the Lamb that uh, that was that died on the on that Israel had to kill before Israel came out of the land of Egypt. So here we go. We have the 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 seder presentation in a short way before us all. But I do not want us to lose sight, beloved friend, that all these emblems here are representing an event that happened 3,500 years ago. But for us who are believers in the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, uh, we emphasize mostly on the fact that the, the lamb had to be killed and to shed its blood. And according to Scripture, in Exodus chapter 12, God said that your lamb shall be without blemish, that it will be a lamb that will be a male, a young lamb, and one from among the people, of among of the, of the animals that belong to the people of Israel. For us, it's very clearly representing for us the Lord uh, Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who came from heaven and died for us on that cross in order to save us and to provide for us eternal salvation. I want to conclude here with reading a passage that is found written by the Apostle Shaul Paul to the brothers and sisters in the assembly 
in the city of Corinth. Paul was the apostle that God had raised to give us the truth of the gospel. Shaul Paul presented this truth before the believers at Corinth. He said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Purge out, this is verse uh, 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 verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Messiah, Mashiach, Christ, Messiah, our Passover, had been sacrificed for us. In other words, he's saying to all believers, you remember that the Messiah, that Christ, that the Lord Yeshua Jesus, he became our Pesach, our Passover lamb. When he died for us, then you and I, you have accepted him. For us, he became the Passover lamb. And that's why he said, Messiah, our Passover had been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And that is the exhortation, beloved friend, that we have today as we look at these beautiful illustration, beautiful, uh, uh, you might say, presentation that God had given our forefathers. There are additional things that have been added over the generation, but in, in you might say, the, the main object is to be reminded of the deliverance out of bondage. And so God said to Israel, and I'm concluding with this, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When God saw the pass, the blood on, of the, of the Hebrews, uh, of the Hebrews, of the lamb of the Hebrews placed on the doorpost and the lintel, God have hover over their homes. He passed over in Hebrew, Pasach. He passed over the, the houses of our own forefathers and he did not judge the homes of the Hebrews. But when there was no blood on the doorposts and lintel of the homes in Egypt, every home has experienced the death of the firstborn. And what a cry it was. What a sad time it was for those who didn't have the blood on the doorposts and the lintel. And my appealing to you today as you watch this Messiah and the Passover presentation, I appeal to you today and challenge you to recognize that all that which was given to Israel, pointing to the Messiah Jesus, to Yeshua, who came in the fullness of time, who was born to the Virgin Miriam, who died here on a Roman cross, who shed his precious, precious blood there, and then he was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again, and he was taken to glory. God take him to be with him in heaven. And the Bible teaches us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I encourage you today, especially today. Why today now? The coronavirus. People are at home. We can't hug each other. We can't even visit each other. We can't even sit with each other. We are all on our own. We ought to ponder and to consider. God forbid, should any one of us will get this virus and will have to face that which will lead us into death. We have to ask ourselves the question, where will we, will we spend eternity? Are our sins forgiven? Did we accept the only way of salvation, the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah? Have we embraced him as the Lamb of God that died for our sins? This is important. And that's why I'm challenging everyone that watched me today. Think about it. Not works will save you. 
Not religion will save you. Not traditions will save you. What will wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood that was shed by Israel's Messiah and the Savior of the world. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. Matthew 1.21 we read, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yeshua, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. My heart desire is that every one of us will come to know him, whom to know is eternal life. May God bless you, and we say for now, Shalom, shalom.